You are about to witness history in the making. Hi everybody and welcome to the Pop Culture Gamers Picard Special. So I've got with me today uh, Alan. Hello Alan. Konnasitatu uh, Hayden, how are you today? I'm not too bad at all. Uh, very excited to be talking about the new show Picard. Same as myself. Yeah. Very excited now, that's great. Yeah, because uh, if you haven't already seen it, we're going to give a absolutely massive spoiler warning right at the beginning. Massive. This is going to go through not only Picard, but also a couple of the comics that have been out before it, setting it the world up, and also the Children of Mars short, which is being released in America, but we can't get it over here. However, we've been doing some research on the internet and whatever, we know what happens in it, so we're going to talk yeah. about it because it sets up the world. Yes. So, anyway, last Friday, Picard finally dropped, and I have to admit, for me, I was very sceptical about this. I thought it was going to be bad, and I was so pleasantly surprised about how good this was. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there, Hayden. I think across, it seems to be across the board. A lot of people were uh, a bit dubious or a bit nervous about, like, uh, Star Trek and Picard is held in such high esteem ex- ex- that everybody was, what are they going to do? Will they ruin it? The ending was so good from the generation, which I, I enjoyed the ending when they closed it all up. Mm. Um, and even as they added up towards Nemesis, even that ending was quite a, a good ending on Nemesis, I felt. Um, so yeah, I went in kind of curious and I have to say pleasantly surprised and very excited for, uh, next Thursday again and actually enjoying the, the, the talks and the, the chats that we're having around this or reading the comments and reading stuff about it has been yeah. great as well. It, it definitely has hit a nerve for a lot of people, I think. So it's been great. Yeah. And the episode was so filled with Easter eggs and references oh, to the TV crazy. show. So we're going to go through those as well. See which ones that you've seen, see which ones you've missed. And if we've missed any well, as well, I, because there is so much. I'd say no, there's not many you miss, um, Hayden. If, even if Steve was on, I'd say there would have been a good few he would have caught as well. Like, yeah. just from talking to you, I know your knowledge and Steve's knowledge of Star Trek is, is phenomenal. It's like a Wikipedia. So I'm the more casual viewer who's an enthusiastic viewer i think i i i wouldn't be as knowledgeable as you but hopefully i'll bring something to it you know I'm, well i'm so, sure you will because we all love star trek don't we it. so yeah all right then so alan you've seen the i read the comics and yeah. also the shot i've seen a review of the shot do you want to go through th- what's it setting up at the beginning yeah i think i'll start with the comic um the comic now was um released um, in November, the first episode, our first comic, there's going to be three in total. There's two out so far in November, December, and the third one's coming um, at the end of this month, I think I have it ready to, uh, ready to watch or to download. Um, I subscribe to a comic app on my iPad. It's great. Um, mm. And basically, it kind of sets up the story leading into uh, Picard, the, the new series. It kind of, befo- before he retires to his vineyard, really, he... Um, 
he's kind of sent on one mission, on one really last mission to uh, that to help. Uh, to help the Romulans is really the, the the first comic. The first comic sets up episode one, um, and in this story, then he's it's kind of he's in his vineyard. He's sitting down, and he gets a knock on the door, and there's two visitors at the door, Romulans, um, and they don't really say much there. And then in the comic, it kind of flashed back to one year earlier, and you see. Um, Picard on his new ship, the USS, I have to pronounce this now, uh, Varus, V-E-R-I-S, um, where he's heading towards um, the utopia of Planet Aid shipyards where the ships are being built and which are being mm. built by uh, Jordan LaForge, who's in charge of the building of the ships, which is going to help in the evacuation of Romulus, which yes. is being... Um, you know the supernova is going to eventually destroy that, which we see from the, Calv- the Kelvin timeline, if I'm correct. Um, it is, yeah. So from, that comes from Star Trek 2009, yes. the, the Star Trek movie. So that's J.J. Abrams' universe, which, because of contractual arrangements, I had to make, I think it was something like oh, 20-25% different wow. to okay. the original show, which is, yeah, yeah. That's why the uniform slight redesign, stuff like that, There's it was actually a contractual uh, thing because of uh, the split in you know who owned what oh okay that's interesting i didn't see your knowledge is just again i'm I'm learning something new that's great <laughs> yeah yeah one company owned the rights to the tv show the another company owned the rights to okay. uh the movies so there had to be a differentiation that's great well like i said they i actually quite like that they've they've kind of brought the kelvin timeline into the the present timeline or the the current picard one um no, so he's he gets a message from uh, Picard. To kind of, I'm trying to read off the comic here now. Um, so he gets a message. LaForge gets a message from Picard. If everything is okay, he's Picard is kind of patrolling both sides of Romulan neutral zone, going between the Senate and helping with the evacuations and like it's kind of there's a lot going on and it's here you actually meet and I think she's going no spoilers obviously for this one. She's his first officer on the ship. Uh, Michelle Hurd is her name. Um, she's she's. I think she's one of the female uh, characters you'll see appear in the show. He's a, that's first officer, and obviously a few years have passed now. Picard, so it's kind of second comic. Now you see more of her as well. Um, and while they're while they're on the mission, he gets um, a some a situation happens on the Romulan Connolly that he has to go and help out, and something is kind of happening there between the Romulans and a few other things. I won't give too much away on that. Um. It kind of comes into the TV show later on, I think, um, that it'll affect, and Picard has to make a choice. Um, now, the second comic is where we gets really good, as he meets in the first episode of the show. You'll see he has he has two Romulans that are I, I don't know if they're working for him or if they're friends staying with him. I think they're more staying with him, are they, Hayden? I don't want to say. I I got the I got the feeling that they were employed yeah, by him because that's the of, I got they, as they were well. making meals and stuff like that as well. I thought they were like sort of like housemaid and you know servants, sort you know or you know workers on the vineyard kind of thing. Yes, so it's I know it's here he meets the two of them and they're working for, they're working for uh, the obviously the Romans and they work for the. Tal Shahi, is that, if that's how you pronounce it right. Tal Shia. Tal Shia, thanks, Hayden, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, 
which is kind of like the KGB. It's kind of that version. I always felt it was that kind of KGB feel about it, really, wasn't it? And they're assassins yes. and they're agents working for them. And Picard helps them as well um, with the colony that is under attack. So it's like it, it, they're kind of based two comics. You kind of introduce the characters that are going to appear more in the Picard series, I think. Um, mm. uh, so that's quite good. Um, comics are very good. There's not a lot of action in the comics. I, I I've read other Star Trek comics before, and uh, you know it's kind of a lot of dialogue and a lot of you know setting up situations and not you know. So it's quite good if anyone gets a chance to pick it up. It's good if you're interested in Picard. I'd recommend it. Um, so that's the comics, and it's um, they're called uh, Star Trek Picard Countdown is the name of the comics. Two out so far, um, right. and it, it links nicely to the show. Now. The next little thing I'm going to talk about was the sh- actually the last short that was just released, as you said, from um, the US. Um, and it's like all the shorts, same as they did for Discovery last year. They released a numerous shorts. They're actually all available on Netflix now, and they're great. And they introduced characters that appeared in later in Star Trek Discovery, even down to the season three. There's, there's one character who's going to appear in that. So in this year... The shorts they've stuck more with because uh, the Enterprise was such a big part of the show last year. Discovery, mm. they've in, the shorts this year have been very much orientated towards Enterprise characters like Spock's first day on the ship, um, that kind of stuff. They even did an animation, an animated one, which uh, which is very very good. Which I think for, from what I've read, it's going to they're going to do an animation as well of the Star Trek available next year it's gonna where uh, it's gonna follow more like uh, sort of ensigns and it's gonna be yeah, more kitty oriented and yeah. uh sort of like a bit funny that's what that's yeah it was very be, actually very funny but it had a very 60s style art to it with mm. with a kind of a, a cgi effect around if that makes uh, like they had the, the characters were very 60s looking like the 69 yeah. let's say 70 but the ship and the the world around them had very CGI feel about it. So it was a very, very interesting take. And I really enjoyed that short, actually. And even one of the, the best short that they did was um, they they showed it's the Tribbles. I'm pronouncing that right, Hayden, I think. Tribbles, yeah. Yeah, how they were created and how they nearly destroyed the Klingon world as well, if I'm right. Um, that's a very, very good short if anyone gets a chance to see it. It's very funny. Um, and of course, that links to the uh, original episode, The original the episode. Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah, and it's very good. I have to say, no, that's well worth So that's what I liked about the shorts, yeah. For the 25th anniversary, there was also the uh, episode where Cisco and crew go back in yes, time. Yes, I remember that. that. That episode was called Trials and Tribulations. Trials and Tribulations. And it was very well done, actually, the way they had the costumes and the cutscene. They, they they melded it all together. That was one of my f- favourite episodes, actually. It, it looked it looked very... It, there was You wouldn't see the editing in it, if that makes sense. You know, it was good. No, there was the bit on the original episode, Kirkie's telling off all of his officers who fought with yeah, the, that's right. yes. the, Rom- the Klingons. And... What they did was superimpose O'Brien and Bashir in that lineup, and that was just so so funny, so well done. Yes, how they actually did that. But no, I have to admit, those I, I love that those two ones with the triples because they are both good fun episodes. Yeah, they're not. You know, it's like if you looked at them, they're, they're not like 
you know, super science fiction or anything. They're a bit cheesy, but no, that's kind of, kind of the point. Yeah, they, 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 it, I think the same way that not, I'm sure I tried to mention, but Skywalker, they kind of pandered like to the fans. You know, they gave them what they wanted really, and but it was yeah. done much better in Star Trek than in Star the guys the Star Wars. And yeah. we won't talk about that. Um, I'm, just, so, I'm just, I'm just, just before we go on, I'm just thinking one of my favourite lines in there is. When it's the uh, barmaid turns around and says, it's because of all of the Klingons, or serving all the Klingons. And I said, Klingons, where? And they say, there, there, there. and over there. Yeah. And then they all look at Worf, and, this, and he says, it's not something we talk, talk about. about. Or something like that. That was just such a good yeah. line. And of course, obviously, they do fix that in Enterprise, because they have actually Data's father's, like, father or great-grandfather who is a genetics expert and he genetically modifies the Klingons. And don't, do they touch it on Discovery a bit? No, 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 not, not, no, I don't think so. It was more of an enterprise thing to sort of make that all joined up, you know, and personally, I I quite like that, but, yes, it was was a nice touch. A lot of people didn't, yeah. Right, so the the latest short demo was called Children of Mars, which is connected straight away to the attack on Mars that's connected to Picard, you, you see what, when um, this, uh, the the robots or the syndicates go rogue. Mm. So it kind of opens up and you're introduced really to Kaima and Lil, two uh, middle school girls, and they're both on Earth. And they're kind of both in two different separate rooms and they're having, um, they're having a chat with family members on a big screen. Um, and it's just kind of interacting. And both parents are in Mars, they're working on the ship. Um, and then you just kind of see them, one, leaving the room. They kind of say goodbye to their parents and they leave the room. Um, and then they're kind of heading off to school. And at the bus stop, Lil hits Kaima and kind of bullies her a little bit, making her miss the bus. So um, as re- retaliation then, um, in the school, she trips Lil in the library to get back at her. The two of them get involved in a kind of a fist a kind of a fight you know kind of kid stuff really and i'm kind of going like where is this going it doesn't seem connected really to anything star trek that i've seen so far you know but it was still Mm. a very uh, nice moment a few moments and stuff there was uh, a nice little underscore music through it it was nicely done um so of course they were sent to the the principal's office to be uh disciplined when uh, there was a, a kind of a siren or there, there was a newscast on the thing and tragedy has happened. There's been attack on uh, on Mars. Um, so you just kind of see some of the shots really that you see from Picard. The same kind of shots that he saw at the start of the show when he's playing poker with Data. Um, yeah. He sees the world blowing up. You see the ships kind of uh, swooping in, attacking, blowing things up. Um, and evidently, these ships have Federation logos. They did on have Federation well. logos, which I'm sure you'll kind of will talk about later on, which goes into our theory of what we think is going to happen in uh, mm. future episodes. Um, so it, that was really it. it, it and, and at the last second, then you'll see a picture of Picard on the screen saying um, that he was like this, so this, uh, he was disappointed. He was, you know, kind of just giving his interview or what what he saw, you know. Or what yeah. he thought of the whole situation, um, because obviously from the comics, which are prior, he's been working diligently to build the ships to evacuate the Romulans, which of course now has never happened, and they lost so many of them. Um, mm. So, but the lovely moment was at the end of it. Then the two girls are watching all this happen on screen. They know that their parents have been killed in this in this battle or this attack, and the two of them 
tears are kind of kind of crying and they both catch catch each other's hand in that moment and they're together kind of are together you know it's a very interesting it was a very interesting very poignant um short i think and it just mm. gave a nice it kind of gave more of an of an insight into what happened in uh, what happened on earth again which i think is good because picard the first episode was all on earth which we'll talk about later so it kind of had how things affected earth you know so it was a yeah. good short if you get a chance to watch it. Um, again, I'm sure it'll be on Netflix soon. They usually have them all on Netflix or on... Maybe it won't because that Picard won't be on Netflix, will it? No, it's on Amazon Prime. It's so Amazon it, Prime, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it... Well, in theory, it should be on one of them. I do hope that they do actually put these on because, you know, why just because we're in this country should we not... Or, you know, somewhere else that's other than America, should we not be able to see them? You know, we're all Star Trek fans at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, maybe it would be Netflix because the shorts are actually connected to the Netflix series. To Discovery. So, yeah, yeah, which is a bit strange because then Picard isn't going to be on Netflix, so it's kind of a strange short to do, really. I, th- I think that the issue there, though, is that it's all one company producing yeah. it. They're just selling it to different places. Personally, I think sticking it on Amazon Prime was maybe not the best of things. I should have kept it all on Netflix, but maybe Amazon offered them more money. Yeah. You know, they're going to sell it for the most that they can, aren't they? Yeah, so that's it. Um, that was... that. It's a very kind of quick short. It's only about six, seven minutes long, but mm. it was a really nice one and it led nicely into the, the Picard episode now, which we're going to talk about now, you know? Um, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously the, the shorts from the last you know, season of Discovery all fed into season two. Yeah. As well. So there, there's stuff in all of them that is we're gonna yeah, even probably those shorts, see which Yeah, even though shorts connect to there's one or two things from the short that like um new alien species is yeah. that that's in the first short that's connected to Picard as well. We've never seen them before now this is the second time we've seen them. So it's it's good that they're keeping it all kind of in the same canon, the same world, you know? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Well, there's nothing so picking up on Karen as a Star Trek fan. <laughs> That's for sure. I nitpicked the Nick Picker's guides because they've got <laughs> stuff wrong in it. Uh, but anyway, that's a different story. So let's move on to Picard then. Yes. So finally, the big show aired. Uh, I was watching it at midnight on the 20, 24th Pretty when it was like released. Myself, so that was yeah. a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I, I was looking online trying to find out what time it hit, because Netflix tend to put stuff on at nine o'clock in the morning, mm. whereas uh, you know this was obviously a much different time. Uh, so, opening scene then uh, we're in space and there's music playing in the background, and this is a lovely segue into ne- Nemesis or from Nemesis to Picard, yeah. because the music is Blue Skies. Now you're thinking, well. What's a hundred-year-old song? You know, why is that a segue to Nemesis? Well, in Nemesis, Riker and Troy got married. You only see That's the right. human marriage because you don't see the one on Beta Z because it's of being naked. naked. Yeah. But Data sings and performs Blue Skies on that episode. And then at the end of the movie, B4 starts humming Humming. Blue Skies, which is... Leaves you with the thing of, well, Data's going to live on within B4. Yeah. We'll get to more of that shortly. So then we fl- we move about through space and we are en- uh, presented with the Enterprise, but it's not the Sovereign-class Enterprise. It's 
the Enterprise D. It's a Galaxy class Enterprise, and we go into 10 forward. And sat at a table on the own in 10 forward is Picard and Data. So, and they're playing poker, which again is a lovely segue back to the original series because if you remember the last scene. all of yeah it's all good things picard finally comes and joins everybody you know and says you know can i can i join your poker game basically and they said well you're always welcome yeah, so i like that moment yeah so they sort of like linked in the endings of the feature films and the series quite nicely in that now obviously we know the enterprise d was destroyed so my first thought was this is a dream sequence. I thought it was a hologram had- sequence. So when I said your first when I first thought, I kind of said, yeah. is this a holodeck or something? I thought maybe he was reminiscing with Data, you know, in the holodeck. But obviously it was a dream sequence. You're right. Yeah. Now, here's something that's interesting as well. Because while we've had that good segue, there is another episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation, which is really key to all of these Picard episodes because it's what a lot of it's about, mm. which is about synths or you know artificial intelligence, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And there is an episode called a Me- "The Measure of a Man," which introduces a character called Bruce Maddox, who's tried to make Data leave the Enterprise because Data is not a person; he's That's not sentient; true. he's a machine. And Picard acts as his sort of Data's counsel against Riker, who is is made to stand up for Maddox, improving that Data is aware that he is a person and he should be afforded to say to Maddox, get lost, I don't want to do this procedure which might kill me. Yeah, I found this, like... Interesting, uh, first off, because, like, Bruce Maddox is a real deep cut of canon it's like season is it what season one or two i'm 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 not sure i think it was like season two um, yeah and it, it was, was only it was the one episode season. and it was a very like I mean, it was a great episode two. was it two it episodes two. sorry two episodes it was also in the offspring that'll, that'll tell you now how, how far back i mean i'm only kind of going from memory here um it's such it's such a deep it's so long on the way they brought his name back into it again like i'm sure there's people who have watched star trek for years and years and when they heard Bruce Maddox's name they probably didn't even connect the dots I I didn't connect it straight away it was a few yeah. you know um, so I actually thought wow they're really going deep into this canon stuff now it's great so yeah but but that sh- that episode starts with a poker game as well yeah it does yeah yeah so, so that's you know quite an interesting sort of thing anyway then what we see is something goes wrong everything starts shaking and then it's Mars in the background. Picard says, didn't think we were going to be here. You know, we're not supposed to be here. Something's wrong. And then Mars starts catching on fire. Exactly the same as the yes. video feeds from Children of Mars. It's pretty much the same um, cutscenes. The same, well, the cutscenes, the same scenes, you know. So they yeah. use, they reuse them for both, the assets for both shows, I'd say. Yeah. And then Picard wakes up. So we, in terms of dream sequences, we've had a lot of dream sequences before with Star Trek. Most of them have been to do with data. Yes. But in terms of first contact, we did have a dream sequence with Picard dreaming about the Borg. That's right. So, and interestingly enough, because I've been looking sort of like around this and trying to figure out when it's set in the timeline. And I believe that the attack on Mars was actually on First Contact Day. Oh, really? I did not ask. Really? Yeah. So do you know what what date that is? 
2339. Uh, no, I'm wrong. Twi- I, no, go on, tell me. You probably know. You're an it's, encyclopedia. It's, it's on the 5th of April, 2063. Okay. Which is I, was, when, I was miles off. Yeah. Zephyr Cochrane made contact right. with the Vulcans, which is when first contact was sort of like. See, I should know, know that now as a fan, but I'm not. Yeah. You, you're the Wikipedia. <laughs> I'll trust you and Steve. When Steve is on, I'm sure he would have known that straight away as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he would. Yeah. Done. So that, you know, that, that was the, you know, the, uh, the day that I believe it's supposed to be, but it's never actually established. But okay. I've, I've watched a few people talking about it, other fans and stuff like that yeah. about, you know, some other indicators tend to indicate that it's around about there. But obviously this is hundreds of years later in the 23rd century. Our 24th century. But I think that's what's been so good about this first episode of Picard is that it's um, people's passion seems to be up again for like there's a lot of people online YouTubing and videos and stories and theories and it just seems everybody seems to be kind of rallying back towards the that old Star Trek Next Generation. Even Star Trek original, you know, it's been it's been even those short five or six days. It's been yeah. great. Even us, I mean, two of us, or even Steve as well, you know. It's been, we've been like that, I'm sure, looking at stuff online, and it's been great. Yeah. And we've been messaging each other yeah, about theories about it. Yeah, back and forward, we'd like remember that. something, or something would pop into our head as a theory, and it's it's actually been fantastic. I think more than any show in a long time, really, you know. I think the, the last time there was anything like this was the theories about what was going to happen in The Force Awakens. Yeah, the very, I was, the very first step, the very first Star Wars Force Awakens, for weeks afterwards, everybody like who's raised parents and like you did some fantastic video YouTube videos. If you get a mm. chance, people should go watch them. Um, they've been great, you know. So maybe you'll do one in this as well when it's all done or as we go along. Be yeah, great. yeah, I think that would be good. Yeah, I love them and I I watched them all. They were brilliant. So, yeah, as mad as they and were. ironically, I got it on the first one. You did, yeah. <laughs> I think that I think. Well, I'm not going to talk about Star Wars again because it just it upsets no. me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, Picard wakes up, and he wakes up to his dog licking him, who's called Number One, <laughs> which is brilliant because that was his nickname for Riker. Yes. So moving the story on, but a bit, I don't know if Picard... that's a, was that a compliment or not. What do you think? It's the strange thing about well, the dog. A dog's a man's a dog's a man's best friend. Yeah, but a lot of people were saying online that Number One is also the term used in nautical back. You know, those hundreds of years was a nautical term as well, used by the captain for his second in command. So, yeah. I think it's just he, he, as we've seen in some of the holodeck sh- episodes, Picard always loves sailing the seas and being on the ship. So, his passion for that stuff comes true, I think. So, maybe that's why he called him number one as well. Well, of course, remember when it was Geordie, uh, not Geordie's, uh, Worf's promotion and you know on generations yeah, and that was uh, set on a yeah. on a boat wasn't it and they were great episodes uh, i love that kind of stuff i always i always found that the best kind of stuff i, I have i have to admit in terms of like the holodeck stuff my favorite one is still cupid oh where did you like cupid back, uh yeah where they're going to sherwood forest and yeah picard says the ultimate corny line when the sheriff of nottingham says I'm the best sword in Nottingham. He says, I'm not from Nottingham. <laughs> Mine was always the Sherlock Holmes one where Data was Sherlock Holmes. And then my, like, my arty became sentient in a way and he le- he left the kind of holodeck and, you know, I quite like yeah. those ones. I always thought, I actually read, they actually released a few novels as well of those that I read years and years ago. They were great. Yeah. God, we're yeah, really going were. back into the old school here now. <laughs> you know, it's great. Yeah. 
So anyway, we move on. Picard's yeah. gonna has agreed to finally do an interview with the the news of the time, which he's never done before. And in getting ready, this is something that most people will never have noticed. But in uh, getting ready for his interview, he looks in a mirror, and at the back behind him, there is a fedora <laughs> at an angle in the background. Now the significance of that is. Back to holodecks because Picard's favourite thing on the holodeck was doing a Dixon Hill. Yeah. You know, and that hat was seen in The Big Goodbye, which was an episode about a girl who was killed, which ultimately is where this kind of goes, quite ironically as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's about the murder of a young woman and, you know, that's exactly what, what ends up being it, happening at the end of this, this show where Picard gets a driver to go back out into the cold, as I say, in the, right. uh, in the things. But again, again, that's such a small little detail. Such a small Easter egg, I suppose, as they call them. And again, 99% of people watching, maybe 90% of people watching, your eagle eyes caught it, obviously. Wouldn't yeah. see that, but they still had it in there, you know. It's such a lovely moment. Um, uh, it, it's set, it, well, it's set dressing. Yeah, but, I know that, but it's still... But most people would just ignore it. Yeah, you so know, it's a background, it doesn't matter. But it's just that, you know, the Uber Trek fan picking it up and going, that's that, or, that's a big goodbye. Yeah, or for me, <laughs> it just shows the people making the series have a love for the show. I have a love for the Picard character and they're going to do their best to make sure they do it right, hopefully, fingers crossed, after a good start anyway. Abs- um, absolutely. You know? And this is exactly... this. I think this is what they do in Star Wars and Star Trek and many yeah. other sci-fi is, you know, go back to the law and incorporate bits because they know that we love picking out stuff like this. Did you see yeah. that bit? That was really good, wasn't it? They, they must have someone um, like you, you and uh, Steve and yourself inside in a room just locked away and their job yeah. is just to... Keep think up Easter eggs for every episode. <laughs> a job I'm sure you'd love to do, to honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because in a matter of fact, only on the third watching of Picard did I actually pick up another Easter egg, which I've just added into the notes as You've well. You've watched it three times uh, as well, so like me, <laughs> yeah, nerds. Yeah, <laughs> far, far too much. Yeah. So anyway, Picard gets interviewed, and yes. he's interviewed, he's supposed to be being interviewed about, you know, the Romulan relocation but it ends up going about his retirement the, the, the a journalist changes it around and this is where we find out picard had actually got to admiral that's right so he you know on the end of nemesis he was still captain picard by the time we get to him helping out in the relocation of the romulans and drawing the attention to that he's an admiral yes in the comics he's admiral as well yeah yeah so i was kind of there i knew that Going into because yeah. I'd read two comics, so I was it was good. Yeah. So this provides a backbone of basically the rest of the show. Yeah. Does this interview, and you mentioned it before, but obviously the Utopia Planitia shipyards were completely destroyed in a synth attack. That's right. Which is discussed now. In terms of Utopia Planitia, this is a massive important thing in the Star Trek universe because it's been mentioned lots of times in Star Trek and it's where most of the Starfleet vessels are actually built. Yes. And that includes the Galaxy-class starship 
uh, project was based there and the Ent- the Enterprise was based there. But also Voyager underwent final construction in there and the USS Defiant was there as yeah. well. And there was also, there was the Leah Brahms episode, and this has just come to me now, the Leah Brahms episode where the Enterprise is sort of like captured within uh within this a- a- area uh where there's like a nullifying field of the thrust and they can't get out and the power's oh, I remember draining. That episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Jordy yeah. yeah, Jordy recreates one of the engine designers of the Enterprise, Leah Brahms, and the in the holodeck they're on Utopia Planitia. Yeah, that's right. In well, her office. I mean that's like like I said, your knowledge is just uh, I mean And then well. later on he meets Leah Brahms on the show in real life when she comes when she to comes see to what see, he's done yeah. with the engines. And he's all like... Nording out, he's fanboying you know, over her. I remember. Yeah, and because he's fallen in love with the holodeck version of her and she's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But now, here's an interesting thing. On All Good Things, Leah Brahms is married to Geordie in the future. That's right. Yeah. Jeez, that's... It's, so, it's yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know that's in all good things. So that you know, that, but obviously that all links to Utopia Planitia, and all of these ships have been you know they've been designed and made there. So it's really quite important sort of thing. The other thing as well that's linked there is Commander Benjamin Cisco worked at Utopia Planitia when it where he assisted the design of the USS Defiant, yes. and it shows you him coming from well from his previous job before he joined Deep Space Nine, which was at Utopia Planitia, in the episode The Emissary, Emissary. which was the first episode of DS9. I love DS9. It was a great show. Very underrated show, I did. Yeah. So, following on from the disaster, which was caused by synthetics, as they're called, the Federation withdrew support from the Romulans and Admiral Picard resigned his commission in protest. Now, that is not an unusual move for Picard, I didn't think, because in insurrection, Picard temporarily resigns his commission to move the Baku, if you remember. Yeah. So, you know, uh, he's he has been known to say, you know, before, I disagree with what's happening with the Federation, I'm going to go out on my own. Yes. But obviously, all of this now links up, as we've already said, the Kelvin timeline with the Prime Universe. So we've got now the link between TNG and Star Trek 2009. To me, that then sort of like indicates that the world's actually in parallel realities. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because obviously, whatever happens with Star Trek, you know, previously, is create uh, the Star Trek, the motion picture versions yeah. must be created a different universe unless they somehow in Star Trek 4 or whatever tie them back together Yeah, I, but I can't see that happening I, we had that that was, seemed to be a big issue remember the first season of Discovery people are all yeah. saying well if this is canon how come we've never heard of this ship or never heard of this you know the stuff they were doing and everything and of course they in fair, they did a great way of kind of cl- cl- finishing it up this se- season two how they brought it all into the current prime line yeah so it's very good yeah yeah th- yeah i thought that they closed that off very I nicely thought so to as well i was sure kind of wondering yeah. how they were going to do it yeah and now of course voyager sorry discovery's gone to the 29th century yeah i have something so... to say about that in a minute actually i think how it connects how i think in my theory connects to um picard 
I have an interesting right, okay. theory on that. Sorry, Hayden. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to, uh, like to hear that. So, anyway, Picard ends the interview uh, when he's asked, why did you resign Starfleet? And uh, he said, because it wasn't what Starfleet of the Federation wasn't what it was. It's, the, it's not my Starfleet anymore or something. I think he said yeah. it wasn't or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, something like yeah. that. I can't remember the exact And words. he was very passionate about it. So that again leads into what we think might happen. Or, or yeah. the, the Starfleet, uh, the current Starfleet. Mm. So Picard has several dreams of Data. One painting a woman. Now, Picard... Uh, Data painting links to Birthright Part 1 and Data Dreaming uh, because Picard advises Data to interpret his dreams in a way that makes him feel real and then so Data ends up painting them. Yes. So uh, Picard has a vision of a painting in his study uh, that's in his study but it's half complete and Data turns around to him and says you complete this you have to and he says I don't yeah, know yeah. how and he says you, you, you do, do know, know how yeah. and so and what's interesting about that moment as well no I just kind of thought of it there um, in the shot of that I think there was because I, I watched the third time there was a crow and I think in Data's dream sequences there was always a crow there was crows, as well yeah. so again another yeah, like, like you just remember there the fedora has I just thought there it's, again it's a small little touch that people mightn't catch up but it just connects yeah. again to to, to, to the, the, those universes you know that timeline. Yep, entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So I forgot to mention as well, a young woman has arrived at, by this oh, point. Oh, that's right, yes. Seeking the help because she'd been attacked by these unknown assailants and something switched on inside her and she just, you know, Yeah, that was a very good all. moment, actually. I enjoyed that. It was. It was, it was very well good done. fight scene. Yeah. But that wasn't before her boyfriend or whoever he was got killed. Yeah, you know, this leads back to Discovery, if I'm not mistaken, because this is the second time we've her boyfriend was introduced in a short not her boyfriend, her the species he is, was mm. introduced in one of the shorts. Um I, I have to pronounce this right now, I'm terrible. It's Xen race. Um and he, the actual in the short is called Stowaway. She becomes very good friends with Tilly in the short, which you can watch yes. on Netflix now. And she actually becomes queen of the planet that he's from. So again, this is the second, and it was only the second time I noticed it because I, I noticed the markings on his face were very like because she ends up in season two. She becomes a major character for the last two or three episodes, helping them def- defeat. Yeah, she does. Yeah, so it was interesting to see that that was her boyfriend, and he, you know, it was a nice connection again. So I think I'm pronouncing it right. X Ian uh, Race is the name from any um, fanboys out there yeah. want to research it or look at it. And her name is Daj, wasn't it, or something? Am I saying that it, right? Uh, yeah, it was Daj. Yes. I actually like um, the character, the actress playing. She yeah. was good. I thought, you know. Yeah. So anyway, Picard has this vision about the, this painting, and then that prompts him to go to Starfleet Archives. Oh. Now, when I saw Starfleet <laughs> Archives and Index, yeah. the character, I what the thing that came to me was this is just a direct copy of the Jedi Archives. It looked like a it Starfleet did, variation of yeah. it. Yeah. It so looked like it. But anyway, Picard's got his own private vault in there. Oh. Now, this was a little lovely trevor, treasure trove of Easter there eggs. There so much inside there. In there. Was fr- Do you know when I saw it the second yeah. time, it reminded me, have you played the Uncharted 4, is the Uncharted 4 game? 
where yeah. he goes back home and he goes upstairs to the attic or he go if I remember and up in the attic you just walk around you don't even have to do it if you don't want to and you walk around and you pick up items and you can look at them and every single thing was connected to the previous three games mm. I thought this felt the exact same way the, like you'd have to pause it and you just see every corner had something oh sorry for oh yeah cutting absolutely it was fantastic it was a I great mean, moment like yeah, because there was the Stargazer, yes. which was Picard's first command. That's right. And where he first performed the Picard maneuver, which is first mentioned in the Next Generation episode, The Battle, yeah. where a Ferengi is seeking revenge against Picard for killing his son. And then there's also the Cousteau. Yeah, the the, the captain's yacht. That was a great yes. thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, there's not many. No people who would probably recognise the Cousteau, but it was on Insurrection. Insurrection. Just briefly, yeah. They mentioned it, I think, yeah. once the captain's yacht or twice, just kind of setting up, I suppose, story yeah. plot, you know? Yeah, exactly. And also, there's lots of other items in there. There's a battler. Yes, now, and a dagger, a Klingon dagger. A Klingon dagger, and now it's not clear who's or where that's come from, but there is... You know, it could have been a gift from Worf. Or oh, don't forget, he was also the arbiter. I think it's the arbiter. I think when he was the arbiter, I yeah. actually think that's when it's from. You know. Yeah. So he was he was appointed arbiter of succession. That's right. By Kim Peck after he died, you know, because he uh, was killed by a Duras yeah. plot. But they didn't know it was a Duras at that point. Yeah. So all of that's uh, quite a bit of interesting history, and there's also a banner. Yeah. For Captain Picard Day. No, this for me is has is very special because Captain Picard Day is always June sixteenth. When they said that on the seventh or seventh or eighth season, wherever they had it, because June sixteenth is my birthday, so yeah. I always felt that that's great, you know. So you're born on Captain I'm born Picard, Picard Day. So there there there's go. my connection to the series. <laughs> yeah. So we first hear about Captain Picard Day on the episode The Pegasus, that's right. where. Again, it's another one where Picard stands against Starfleet and he stands against Rear Admiral Pressman yeah. and he reveals that the Federation has developed multiphasic cloaking technology against the Treaty of Algoran. Yeah. But I quite like, thinking back to that episode, they do quite, like Riker and Troy and a couple of them, they make fun of him. Like It's a very humorous episode, even though it's quite a serious one. There's all yeah. little dolls made of him and drawings and... He doesn't really like it. I thought, you know, it was a nice bit of the usual Star Trek humour. But it, they... and, and when he's talking to the uh, female admiral, who's like really not that fond of him, yeah. and she looks in the back and says, Captain Picard, he says, I'm an icon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I just thought that was just such a nice thing. Yeah. So anyway, in his vault, also I think that the book in there, I think yeah. that's a complete works of William Shakespeare, but I'm not 100% sure It is, that's sure the one on from, that, one. that he, you see it's in his in his study, I'm thinking back, no, in his, his what does it call it, the captain's chamber, is it? The ready room. Yeah, and a, a little, I, I mean, this is my old Easter egg from reading back years, that book had a different page on every episode, anytime they showed the book or they showed it in the background, they always turned yeah. the page for a, every episode. So, yeah. you know, and obviously Shakespeare is a massive connection to to Picard because he quotes it quite a lot in a lot of episodes. And of course, he even quotes it in this episode, I think, once or twice as well, a few Shakespeare moments. So, you know. And we know from Richard Chamberlain's General Kang yeah. that you've never experienced Klingon until you've heard Kling. it in the original yeah. Klingon form. 
So that's a link back to the undiscovered country, yeah. which, funnily enough, I think has links to this as well in terms of, you know, some sort of like underlying plot sort okay. of themes. So anyway, Picard finds this painting at Data Dead 30 years previously, mm-hmm. which has Daj's face. This is a girl who came to see yeah. him. And Picard realises that somehow this human woman, because she is human, who visited him and was killed is Data's daughter somehow. Yeah. Because the mo- the painting is called Daughter. Yeah. Now, Data previously had a daughter called Lal, which is Hindi for beloved, uh, in the episode The Offspring, which is where we first meet Bruce Maddox. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the second, second time, time we meet Bruce Maddox, because in that one, Maddox, because Maddox is mentioned several times throughout the next generation, because Data writes him letters. Yeah. As it were, Bruce Maddox basically attempts to help Data save Lal's life when a positronic matrix shuts down. Because I remember Maddox turning around and saying, his hands were moving too fast for me to see. I think there was an episode as well, if I'm trying to think, where Data describes his day to Bruce Maddox, what he goes through. Is that that the same episode? Yeah. Yeah, I think that might have been actually called Data's Day. Yeah. I just thought of that there. No, that's a very old one as well. I was, and he just, yeah, that, that, that connects to Bruce Maddox as well. So I suppose maybe Bruce Maddox isn't that deep a cut if I think about it now that I, I'm thinking about stuff, you know? I, I do think he's one that it'd be more nerdy yeah. people who would notice it, though. You know, otherwise it'd just be So a you name. mean you or Stephen would know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of think about it and it eventually comes to me. The more casual yeah. then, so... <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, there's an attack and... Daj gets killed. Yeah, which is quite surprising. It was, it was, and she dies in quite a horrific yeah. way. One of the attackers, because they're in complete outfits, and one of the attackers' helmet breaks, and he spits acid on her, and her face starts to sort of yeah, melt he, from this he acid. Bites, and he bites a capsule or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then he set a phaser on Overlord, yeah. and then it explodes with her. But... You know, the fight scene's really quite impressive. I thought the the worst bit was where she ju- sort of like jumps like 40 yeah, steps the jump or was, something the jump was, like that. Was, was fake enough looking. But I have to say the choreography, the, 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 the fighting was very good. Even when her first one where she's covered with the mask when you first see her and she has yeah. that quick moment. It's very kind of Jason Bourne, I suppose, that style without the shaky cam, obviously, for we spoke about from the last yeah. episode. But it was, yeah. it was good action. It was very good, you know. Oh, yeah, Yeah. I I thought it was really well done. So, following Daj's death, he travels to the Daystrom Institute. Now, Daystrom is another name in Star Trek because Richard Daystrom was, yeah, he was a leading human scientist in the Kirk era and he designed the Jewatronic computer. Yeah. So, not Positronic, the Jewatronic. And this was in the episode, the original series episode, The Ultimate Computer. And M5 was based on Daystrom's own brain engrams. But when the machine started to go wrong, Daystrom had a breakdown uh, because M5 basically murders people by blowing up the ships because they're supposed to be on simulated combat manoeuvres, but the the M5, you know, gets it wrong, as it were. So, however, despite his breakdown, the Federation named their leading research institute after him, and basically this was the centre for the development of artificial life in the 24th century. 
So Picard goes to Daystrom and he meets Dr. Agnes Girati, uh, who's going to be a main character on the show. Yeah. Where he asks about the development of artificial life in like a human, humanoid sort of body, you know, a flesh and blood body. And she initially mocks him, but then after he talks to her for a little while and realizes that she realizes he's serious, she confirms that Bruce Maddox had, she'd been working with him and they were developing a thing that was exactly what Daj appears to yeah, be. Yeah, so syndicate which is with a skin, human. really, kind of human form, yeah. Yeah, a synth, a synth with a human body. A bit like a Terminator, kind of, like, if you think about it in this second Terminator. Oh, no. There was a Terminator, yeah, form, kind that of. kind of style, where it was more, they're more human than than machine. Yeah. So and I quite like, she confirmed... I quite like that the, the the doctor Angus, she was a good. She's a no. She's gonna be a main character. I, I like the interaction. She she's she's a good actress. Yeah. So I think she'll fit fit nicely into the show. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean. So after the synthetic attack, what happened is Starfleet um, uh, outlawed yeah. the development of synthetic life. Yeah, and. Uh, the Daystrom Institute were only allowed to do hypothetical sort of models rather than actually develop yeah. it in real life. And this is where Bruce Maddox disappeared when they were very close to perfecting the technology. Yes. Now, what some things we learn of here is that the memory graft, for want of a better term, of data onto B4 didn't work. And we see B4 disassembled in a drawer. Yeah. So... Well, his positronic matrix was lost, as it were, uh, when obviously he saved Picard at the end of Insurrection. But the other thing is, Dr. Girati also informs Picard that Daj would have been a twin. Yeah, uh, there were the necklace. I think they could only be... I think he kind of, as she was showing the necklace, there was two circles conjoined. And I think she said you can only make them as twins or something. It's the way they're produced. So... Yes. So... Then we cut over to a scene where a Romulan warbird or scout yeah, vessel great. is flying into a dock and it's rolling all over the place. So you don't really get to get to understand where yeah. it's going into. And there's an interchange between two characters, one of which is Dr. Soji, who is Daj's twin. And then after that, it zooms out of the dock. Yeah. <clears throat> to reveal that they're actually within a Borg cube, which is either being repaired or studied by Romulans. And obviously Borg cubes have appeared in loads of uh, Star Trek That's episodes. Right. The Next Generation you know, episodes where that was brought in at the end of Season 2, beginning of Season 3, and you know, all of that. So end of Season 3, beginning of Season 4, yeah. for the best of both worlds, Part 1 and 2, where... Picard gets turned into a cutis. Voyager was all about the Borg in the later part, yeah, you know, parts that, of the show yeah. with Seven of Nine and all of that. And we know that Jerry Ryan is going to be in this as well. And uh, there's, there was and a, a second, episode and a second of Hugh. Bo- I said there's another Hugh, is it? Is he going to be in it? Hugh, yeah, he's, he's going to be in this as well. So he was a Borg who was separated from, or his cube was separated yeah. from the collective. And then they got the personalities back or individuality and all of the and these were the ones who were supporting law yes. who is data's brother in the episode descent part one and two yeah 
And also, even in Enterprise, the Borg featured in the Ent- in Enterprise because the Borg that were blown up on first contact, some of them like ended up in the Arctic or Antarctic, right. I can't remember which, and then they were thawed out and came back to life and then started to escape. But the Enterprise NX-01 chased them and, you know, Captain Archer managed to thwart it eventually. So, you know, the Borg would be a a synonymous with Uh, Star Trek. They're like the Daleks from Doctor Who or or they're kind of the, 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 the bad guys, really, I suppose, you know? Yeah. And then... The last bit, and this is what took me a couple of times to realise, because I just wasn't paying attention more than anything else. But it, when it's zooming out, the music that plays, mm. and this is starting to make me change some of my predictions, <laughs> the music that plays is from the... It's a variation, a more upbeat version of the music from the original series episode, The Balance of Terror, right. which is where we first learn of the Romulans. I'll take your word for that. It is. It's a brilliant episode. If if you can get it on Netflix or something, have a watch of it. It's a classic episode. It's a bit submarine Yeah, I've probably seen this. I might just go and refresh it, maybe YouTube it or something. Yeah, it's also the first time that we see Mark Leonard in Star Trek, and oh, he's okay. actually a Romulan. Oh, okay, definitely watch it. So. Yeah. I've probably seen this. I just have to refresh my, you know. I'm, I'm sure you yeah. will. I'm sure you will. Yeah. So anyway, and that's it. That's it for episode one. So, should we have some predictions about where would we you, think it's going to go? Do you want to do a racing? Do you want to rate the show? What you thought of a ten or something, or would you give it a? Oh, I'd give it ten. Oh, would 10. you? I'd for, go probably eight a, out of ten with great, massive potential still to come. You know, I I, th- I think as a because what I'm thinking is about the quality of pilots generally. Yeah, it definitely was a pilot, and I think I'll give you that. They, yeah, they throw so much at you in like that 46 47 minutes whatever it was it was like a, a traditional pilot definitely so i think i've seen like obviously we've seen the trailer i've seen the couple of trailers of what's coming up ahead they don't give you much awareness but the, no. from what they said there's a lot going to happen you know yeah so uh, there is a lot going to happen yeah. so predictions so for your predictions do you want to do your predictions? i'll do mine I'll my, do yours mine. are a lot more detailed than mine um my main let me my I my main prediction is that the whole series is really about resurrecting data. I think that's my prediction. I think that's the always Picard at the end of Nemesis. He he was even trying to resurrect him when it was before. Was you know, I think that's always been his most biggest failure was letting data down. So I think mm-hmm. this show is all about resurrecting data. This is now again. I'm probably 100 percent wrong, but it was just when he was talking to um, the Doctor Angus in the in. Oh, is it Angus? That's her name, is it? I must get her name right. Uh, Angus is her first yeah. name. It's Girati, isn't um, it? She kind of says. He kind of says like, and she laughs at him. Is it possible to uh, recreate flood and flesh and blood syndicates? Is that possible? You know, and she's laughing, and then she kind of goes, "Oh, you're serious," and she kind of says, "Not for a thousand years," and she said it so like, I don't know what it kind of caught me, and I just said to myself, "Well, like that's exactly when Discovery season three is happening a thousand years." If you look at the new trailers, it's a thousand spoiler alert. Sorry, mm. it's a thousand years from those where Discovery's gone. Um, no secret, it's in the trailer for the new season, and I just don't know would that connect data somehow 
to Discovery, mm-hmm. which I think would be fantastic. You know, they always kind of keep those connections with Enterprise in season two. Um, so I think I think the end game for Star Trek Picard really is the resurrection of Data with the help of Doctor Maddox. I think I think he he has a massive connection and love for Data. I think maybe his mission all along was to bring Data back as well, and that's how he created Daesh and Soji. Is that correct? Um, that's yeah. how he ended up with two of them through his experiments to try and bring Data back to life with the help of the little memory that it's inciting before. So that's one of my predictions. My main prediction is that, really. Um, the other one, which I got completely wrong, I thought Daj was going to be former Borg, to be honest with you. No, I'm proven wrong there. She's obviously connected, and they're both connected to Data. Now, we were told this very fast, so maybe there's going to be a little twist there as well. Like, why is the other one with the Romulans? What's happening inside that Borg ship? Um, and this leads on to my final two predictions and it's really out there I think his name is Narek the Romulan that came in to talk to Dr. So-, so was she a doctor as well did they call her Dr. Soji was it she's doctor yeah yeah. yeah. Um, and he mentioned his brother who died a year ago and because of the Kelvin timeline with the with the explosion and everything and we all know what happened there Nero obviously was a big factor in that episode he was the guy travelling back and forth chasing Spock on the ship mm. I would, I was thinking maybe he's connected somehow to his brother, you know, and would they bring that into it again? It it was just something that I thought about, and then my other one was it's a good huh? thought. Think so. I I just thought it's a good thought. It was very interesting. He said my brother died a year ago, and obviously the timeline is quite similar with Romulan's world exploding, and we know how he went off in on his mission to try and save his planet by changing time and like. Like he obviously was an influ- in influential in the Kirk story in that episode, really, how he became who he was with his father um, dying on that ship, wasn't it, if I'm right? Um, while his mm-hmm. wife was giving birth, which was uh, which is a great episode, actually. A great movie sequence. Um, and then, and then out, out of left field, then maybe I was thinking, is Narek a sleeper Borg agent? I think that the Sev- Seven and Hugh, what their storyline in this series is about getting rights for the Borg. I don't know why. I think how why is she involved in it? What's she up to? I think like obviously there's Borg are breaking like since the the, the Queen died and they're all gone off on their own. You know they're disconnected from the collective, is if that's correct. Um, so there's mm-hmm. actually but and do the Rollins just see them as you know machines and they're experimenting on them and and they're doing terrible things? Drones. They were called drones actually, weren't they? Um, yeah. maybe there's and people are doing stuff to them and is it is Seven and Hugh working together to try and look, build up their own like help their own kind really because they're both Borg really at, at, at the core of it and even Lacoustius of Borg which is Picard he has a connection to it as well you know so they're yeah. all kind of vastly wild theories it's hard to know really I mean but I, I, I there's a few good ones there I think so hopefully you found them interesting mm-hmm. that's all my predictions really Okay, well, my predictions are, I think that the Romulans are trying to capture the board tech, trying to give themselves an advantage. They've always been the aggressors in the Star Trek universe. I think the fact that the Federation started to help them and then stopped would have maybe have sort of been sort of like an issue. 
for them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I, you know, I think that that's going to ha- be harboring resentment within the Romulans. I did toy with the idea of the Federation being the aggressors. I still think there's something there, with, especially when Picard said those words that it wasn't his Starfleet anymore. You know, I think there is, but but this is where I go back to the undiscovered country. Yeah. Because the Undiscovered Country was a plot between Klingons and the Fe- Federation officers to undermine the peace treaty. Yeah. That was a story. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and implicate Kirk in uh, stuff to get him out of the way. I think what's happened here is that there is a similar sort of backstory going on there yeah. as well. So that some senior... Romulans have conspired with Federation officers. Now, my idea is that that would be Section 31. Yeah. See, I think... So, yeah, sec- Section 31. Section 31 yeah. is uh, based, based on Section 31 of the Starfleet Charter, uh, and it's the undercover operatives. You see them in... Uh, well, they've been in... They uh, first came into light on... Um, DS9, where they were always trying to recruit yeah. Bashir, but they've also featured in other Star Trek, including the new Discovery. Yeah. And they were very good in that. They were very and good it, in that it's, it's uh, as well, but also well, they've been into... It? Yeah, because they've also been into Into Darkness, yeah. because um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Khan was working for them. I think it was John Harris or something. I can't remember what his name was. You know, that was his sort of alias in Section 31. So I think Section 31 have been behind the synth attack, which is what pulled pulled the Federation out. Now, I think maybe Maddox has been captured or made to or enticed by Section 31 to continue to build since. Yeah, because Section I, 31 really don't stick to the, 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 the so star, Starfleet they don't. Um, etiquette, you know? It's kind of a more darker side of Starfleet, which you really see in Discovery a lot more, I think. Um, like how what yeah. did Starfleet will pretty much do anything secretly, you know? Which is interesting, really. Yeah. That, that it was Section Thirty One is about protecting the Federation from any the Federation, means really, which is by any which means really isn't the Federation's yeah. mandate. If you look at it, no, it's not really yeah. mandated, is it? It's all about helping and being good and never interfere. But where Section Thirty Four just don't give a damn, they'll pretty much do what they have to to make sure it gets done. You know? Yeah. So I, what I think is Maddox's original design on yeah. synths was based on Law, who is Data's brother, who was on the Next Generation episodes Data Law Brothers and Descent. Yeah. So I think that's where he came from, uh, or those synths came from, which is also why they would be quite happy to do evil stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It, I think they would have been the ones that did the Utopia Planitia attack and caused the Federation to withdraw from helping yeah. the Romulan Star Empire. I think then... Maybe after he'd seen what's happened, Maddox left Section 31 and has gone off somewhere else and perfected the synthetic human clone based around Data's positronic net and memory engrams. And what I think will have happened is I think that all of that data would have been there because we know it downloaded into B4's head. So I think what's happened is Maddox might have extracted it from B4 
putting him back to the, like the simplified version of that, you know, Nooney and Sung model. Yeah. And he's got Data's positronic net. And he's erased it from B4 so no one else could so mess around with it. That kind of leads to my prediction that I think that the whole thing, is, the whole series is, is about saving Data, about bringing Data back. You know, because, yeah. I, you know, I think that's what, at the end of the day, the series could be about. I, I think that the quest will actually be to find Dash. Uh, sorry, uh, Dr. Soji. I think so. I think that's such I th- a... I, yeah. I think that's what it's going to be initially. Yeah. You know, in the next, next few, few episodes. episodes agree with because you, yeah. Next episode, I think, is going to be just yeah. basically about building his new team. Because of the, the one the, he's number one from his new ship. She is one of the crews. She's one of the people that he asked to help him in the next episode, I think so. Yeah. So, I think... Picard will go off looking for her. I think Starfleet will get wind of the fact that the Romulans are restoring or stripping this Borg cube, and that will create tensions with them. I think Hugh for my Borg will appear along with Severin of Nine. Maybe, yeah, yeah, but I think what, what I think they'll be doing is I think that they'll be trying to help stroke rescue. Borg drones. Yeah, like that's what I was thinking. Yeah, the wrong personalities. Like rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's to separate them from the collective, which we know because of the closure of the transwarp corridors yeah. that the Borg had created, that those drones will already be cut off yeah. anyway. But what I, you know, because that was in the very last episode of yeah. Voyager. But what I'm thinking is that Seven of Nine and Hugh will be trying to rescue these Borg drones who were stuck on that cube yeah. and you know trying to get them out so that they can put them back to living a relatively normal life yeah. sort of thing. And I think what's going to happen in the end is that maybe Jean-Luc's diplomacy is going to have to come into play to save the galaxy from an all-in confrontation between the Starfleet and the Romulans who are using Borg yeah. tech and you know Possibly initially with Jean-Luc taking some of the Romulan side until he's found out he's been deceived. Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Other thoughts I had was that the Romulans would be mistreating the Borg drones as well, which, again, which is where I said where I think Hugh and, and Seven come in. But also, I did toy with the idea that Daj and Soji are Borg drones as well, or maybe they've been developed using some sort of Borg yeah. technology. So that's my theories so far, based on what I've seen. And finally, do you think we'll see Q? No, or do you think he's connected no. here somehow? I can't see we're going to see Don- John Delancey in this. I don't know. I, I don't know about that. The five queens. That There's just a couple of things that happened. I don't know. I think Q... I'm, I'm, I mean, it's not a theory. I think Q is connected because he's always been connected with the Borg. He's always, you know, given warnings and stuff. I'd like to see him. Yeah. Somehow. Well, I mean, he's one of my all-time favourite Star Trek characters. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, um, some great theories there. I, I mean, Hayden, I have to say, because no. the Borg first came into the episode, Q Who, which is where yeah. Q was tormenting Picard, saying that you're not ready for what's out there. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You'll see. Um... Look for a first episode, top class. It's been like we we've nearly gone for an hour, ten or twelve minutes just talking about one episode. Yeah, 
you know i'm sure the next one will be the same if we do it next week we will probably because we're both so looking forward to so much and steve as well hopefully. yeah i mean i think um, the easter eggs are going to calm down on it oh yeah well i don't know there's so much stuff they can do really in the new mandalorian which i've seen there's easter eggs in every single episode that are just mind-blowing so mm. I think there's quite a lot they can put into it, especially now when they bring Seven and Hugh and you'll see Riker, you'll see Troy, you know, you'll see one or two of the other cast. Um, I do know that there's an, a, a rumour going around from where I read that Dr. Beverly Crusher, they're going to say she died. Mm. They're going to kind of mention this. I think maybe when he meets Riker or something, they might mention it offhand that she passed away a couple of years ago or something because that, that character or actress isn't coming back to the show. So, and... They didn't. They were always supposed to kind of marry, but I don't think they ever did. In the books, they didn't. And the comic, they no, didn't. No, they only so, did in all I good suppose. things. In all good things, which is one of my all-time favorite episodes. And actually, they, if I remember, if if you listen to the opening sequence, there's a flute part in that, as well. In the opening music at the start, I quite liked the opening sequence as well. What did you think of it? I liked it. Joel? Yeah, it was. It yeah, was it's gentle. very subtle. Yeah. Yes, and there's actually a flute in that. If you listen to the song, and now I know nothing about music, but when I heard the flute, I kind of went, "God, is that connected to the to all good things?" Because he learned to play the flute, and or he played the flute and that, and that was the thing he left behind. For remember that he the floating in space was it? In, one of the things they left behind. Yeah. Was the flute, and he started to play it again inside in the yeah. in the, the captain's chamber. Yeah, because no, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm kind of just trying to remember offhand. The episode that you you're know? thinking of was the inner light. Oh, the inner light. Sorry, I'm thinking of the other one. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, uh, because that's where yeah. he get a probe makes yeah, him he live a full, a full life. life. And what's all good things then again? Sorry. All good things is the last episode. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No. Yeah. I connected to him wrong. Sorry about that. No, no, tr- no trouble at all. <laughs> There's so much stuff to think about. There's so much theories and in about in about yeah. the fact the the uh, inner light also won the Hugo Award for best dramatic presentation as well. Yeah, that that episode is so good. It is. It is because oh, and the you know the the music that he plays is you know really nice as well. Yeah, well they 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 use it in the opening sequence, so I thought that was pretty good. And it was nice to see him going back to is a Chateau Picard. It was, it was yeah. Yeah, sorry. You just think you see that again. That was nice. So it had all those nice moments and again. You know, um, I think they had a Ferengi sign or a Ferengi post or Ferengi yeah, building did. in on the. So all those small things were great. You yeah. know, uh, it was um, a Resican flute, by the way. Oh, right. Okay. That Picard learned in the inner light. That's right, and uh, yeah. So again, a great first episode well worth to watch and if anyone's seen it, well obviously if they listen to this now, they've had most of us spoiled so they've all kind of watched it Yeah, we do. So, if um, you've got to the end of this and you're saying you've completely spoiled the episode we did say right at the beginning we did spoilers, say spoilers, so don't come back to us, if you've listened to it it's your fault and the great thing is we're only two two more days away from the next episode or three, two and a half more days from the next episode yeah. it's now Thursday isn't it well, Thursday Friday, night. For, for Friday, Friday, Friday Thursday, midnight yeah. for us. Friday midnight, yeah. yeah. So we're not too far away from that. So hopefully next week we'll, we can get another episode out and another chat um, with Steve with us this time, or even yourself and Steve might do. So I might, you know, we'll we'll sort something out. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll sort something out. But uh, yeah. So I have to say, no, again, thoroughly enjoyed that, and as always, your knowledge 
frightens me, and I learned a few things again today. So thank you for that. Yeah, it was. It, I think it was had something to do with being a real nerd when I was in my twenties. <laughs> yeah, teens, to be honest, <laughs> you told me that. Yeah, but you, you're some of the deep cuts you tell me about are just. I I feel like I know nothing about Star Trek when I listen to you sometimes, or when I chat to you sometimes in Messenger. You know, which I appreciate because I learn stuff, so it's great. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, a few guys who've listened to this, a few of our listeners have got something out of it as well as much as I do. So yeah. thanks, you guys. Okay. So thanks for tuning in. And as always, yeah. we'll be back with a regular episode next week. Also, don't forget if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at popculturegamer. You can also email us at podcast at popculturegamers.co.uk get it right that time we have a patreon as well so if you want more stuff like this it will help us to produce those as well and we've got a couple of subscribers to that now so thank you very much for those people who have done that we really appreciate it It does help with the hosting costs yeah and that's it so uh it's a good night for me and it's a good night from you (laughs) good night good night